Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. Well, welcome to week two of a series we're calling Essentials. Um, Last week, we talked about prayer, and I mentioned that we were going to talk about prayer again, uh, but I just felt the Lord move me in a different direction this week, and so we're going to talk about thought life and um, what happens in our thoughts. And um, I know for me personally, um, this is a major battleground um, in my life. Um, I think a lot of people slash leaders, individuals would say this and agree with this, that um, I know for me, I can have some extreme highs and I can also have some extreme lows uh, in life. And, um, and I know, like, I, I'm not saying this so that you, like, reach out and check up on me or anything like that, but I know that over the years, you know, I've had, you know, fights and bouts with depression and just things that you battle in your mind. And, uh, but I know that I know that I know that Jesus came to give us victory in life in our thought life. Amen. Amen. And so we're going to talk about our thought life today, and we're going to let the Word uh, speak to us. So uh, if you got a Bible, pull out your Bible, okay? Pull out the physical Bible. If you got a digital Bible, pull out your digital Bible. Uh, we're going to camp in two areas today, but we're going to start off in Luke chapter 10, okay? Luke chapter 10, verse 38, and it says this, As Jesus and the disciples continued on their journey, they came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into her home. Her name was Martha, and she had a sister named Mary. Mary sat down attentively before the master, absorbing everything every revelation he shared. Verse 40, but Martha became exasperated, finishing numerous household chores in preparation for her guests. Verse 40, it goes on to say this. So then she interrupted Jesus and said, Lord, don't you think it's unfair that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? You should tell her to get up and help me. Can I get an amen from anybody on that? Verse 41. The Lord answered her, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset, troubled, pulled away by many distractions? Mary has discovered one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted. I love that, undistracted. She's not distracted by life. And I will not take this privilege. You should just underline that, highlight that. that I will not take this privilege from her. All right, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to look at your neighbor and say, what a week. Okay, just look at your neighbor and say, say, what a week. Okay. Uh, I had a what a week. Okay, Monday morning. Um, I was in full-on zombie mode, okay? Just full-on zombie mode. Uh, Sundays are long, especially now with two services. And after service, we went to a wonderful family's house last Sunday. And then after that, I came home, went to my basketball game, played terribly. I just was exhausted. And, um, and, and by Monday morning, I was just, you know, a zombie. And I'm like, 
just point me to Chewy's. You know what I mean? I just need some queso. I need some salsa. Uh, just full-on zombie mode. Okay, Tuesday came, and I woke up, and uh, I just woke up with a little motivation that day, and um, I thought, I'm going to tackle the garage today, okay? And um, so I don't know if you've ever had this happen before where your garage gets a little bit of junk in it, and then a little bit more junk into it, and then a little bit more junk, and then you're like, oh my gosh, we're hoarders. And then, you know what I mean? Like, the garage door goes open, you're like, no, don't let the neighborhood see how terrible people we are, you know what I mean? So I woke up Tuesday, and I was like, I'm going to tackle this, and it was quite a project, and I'm running to Lowe's for supplies, and uh, and then the phone rings and got in some really, really deep conversation on Tuesday. Wednesday comes and um, it was just like a hundred little fires. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? Just a hundred little fires and more and more deep conversation on Wednesday. And then Thursday comes and now it's just a huge fire, okay? It's just a massive fire. And I got to Thursday night, and I thought to myself, I did it! I made it! Tomorrow's Friday, and I'm going out with just my wife, and I'm not going to be concerned with any of this. And I thought I made it. And then I woke up Friday morning, and I woke up. Have you ever woken up, and there's like a thousand texts, a thousand emails, and um, Drew's calling me, and it's a five-alarm fire. And I wake up Friday morning and uh, find out that our sound system had just said goodbye. It just said, We're, I'm not going to work anymore. And, uh, and we knew that we had issues and that this could potentially happen, and so we were buying equipment to get ready for it. We just weren't ready for it, but it just told us that we were ready for it. And so uh, I came in, Luckily, our great youth pastor Christian came in, and uh, John Thompson was in, and we, you know, worked hard all day. Um, but it was one of those days where it was just like problem after problem after problem. I mean, like the sound system was one thing, but there was, I think it was like four other things that happened that day that I was just like, you've got to be kidding me, okay? So it's Friday night. I'm, it's about 10.30, um, and I'm low-key frustrated, right? Low-key. <laughs> and um, I'm about to have a moment, you know, with the Lord. Like, one of those, like, what the heck moments, right? Like, just like Martha, she is exasperated, right? And I'm about to have this, this moment with the Lord, where I'm just going to just let him have it. And really, what's about to happen is I'm about to go to a place in my mind where it's negative, right? Negativity, fear, self-doubt, Jesus, don't you care? You know, and, and this is exactly what the enemy wants for all of us. He wants us to live in a place in our thought life that is just constantly negative. And um, how many of you are like realists in here? You're like a realist, okay? I'm a realist. 
So I'm also a faith person. I'm like a just, I don't know. I'm just a big mix of everything, okay? <laughs> but in being a realist, you can get negative really quick, right? Like your thoughts can just go quickly down that route and that road of negativity. And so, you know, I'm, I'm having this moment where I'm about to have this moment, and I know that my thoughts are leading me somewhere. And, and it got me to think, I want to ask you this question. Are you happy where your thoughts are leading you? Think about that. Are you happy with your thought life, and are you happy with where your thoughts are leading you down the road? Uh, the other night... Um, made me think about this because I was in bed with Luke and, and uh, Ben, and we were watching uh, a Disney movie. Do I got any Disney fans? Come on, give me Disney fans in Jesus' name. So we're watching one of my favorite movies. We're watching Peter Pan, okay? And there's this moment in Peter Pan. Go ahead and, and show this clip real quick. Listen, you put on any Disney song and I just get happy, okay? I'm serious. I'm just, all right, the world's good to me, okay? So we're watching uh, Peter Pan, and we're watching this moment, you know, in the song, follow the lead. I can't sing, I know, okay? Follow the lead. And I'm thinking to myself, we're following the leader, and sometimes the leader is negativity, Right? We're following the leader in our head, and sometimes the leader's fear, self-doubt, right? And, and we got to ask ourselves, am I happy with my thought life? Is my thought life leading me to a place of victory, or is it leading me to a place of constant negativity? And, and when our thought life takes us the negative route, okay, how many of you know then our thoughts quickly go into what I call survivor mode, right? And when we get into survivor mode in our thought life, I think one of three things happen, okay? You know, the first thing is this, is we just try to figure out how to make ourselves happy. So it was like, in 2020, it was like, how many different types of bread can we make? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, bread was... Bread was winning in 2020, okay? All right, rye bread, pumpkin bread, sourdough bread, any kind of bread was winning, okay? Um, so it can lead us to, I'm, I'm trying, to, trying to be happy. The second thing it can lead us to is this. Sometimes we just go, well, I'll just work harder. I'll just block it out. I'll ignore it. I'll just work hard at my job. I'll work hard. Like, you get into, amazing, again, in 2020, like home projects, Holy cow. I mean, Lowe's was like, 2020 is the best year ever. <laughs> Run it back. You know what I mean? Like, just we'll get into a thousand projects. I'll just work. I'll just try to ignore it. Or it'll take us to places like this, like coping mechanisms. Right? Like, I just want to zone out. But the problem is that I've watched everything on Netflix, okay? I mean, I have found everything to watch, and there is nothing left to watch on Netflix, okay? So it's like, how do I zone out? Or, you know, you go to the things that you like. So like for me, I go to a few different things. I run to sports, yeah? I run to um, ignoring problems. Any ignorers out there? 
liars. You are all liars, okay? Uh, we run to things like, um, let's just be honest, we run to things like food, right? I mean, when I'm having a bad day, little Debbie is my best friend, okay? Love me some Swiss cake rolls in Jesus' name. So I'm about to have this moment with the Lord. But I heard something deep in my soul rise up and go, no. No. And I knew as the Spirit of the Lord going, don't bring this to me right now. Remember Luke 10, verse 40. Martha became exasperated, okay? Listen, never make decisions when you're exasperated. When, when you're done, you're exhausted, you're tired, I know that's the moment you want to freak out, but don't freak out. Like, don't, don't make decisions. Like, and so because she's exasperated, she comes to Jesus, okay? And she's frustrated. This says about what? She is frustrated about numerous household chores and preparing for the guests. So she interrupts Jesus. I don't know, like, I know that, like, that isn't like one of the Ten Commandments, but it's like the Eleventh Commandment. You know what I mean? Like, do not interrupt Jesus, okay? You just don't interrupt Jesus. And she comes to him and she says, Lord, and it's not like, a sweet, kind, like, like, Lord, would you please help me? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not nice. It's like, Lord, what's wrong with you? Don't you see my world falling apart right now? Don't you care that my lazy sister is doing nothing and just sitting here and not helping me and just sitting at your feet, right? Point number one is this, okay? Martha was worried about a sandwich. Martha was worried about a sandwich. Now look, I love hosting people, so I understand this. Um, you know, I'm super excited about the summer. Uh, one of the things I love about the summer is grilling, Okay? So if you come to my house in the summer, one of the things that you're going to get is Jeff Workmeister's famous grilled chicken, okay? And yes, it is famous, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to marinate that chicken for two days, okay? I'm going to put it on a wood pellet, you know, grill. I'm going to put some smoke. I'm going to put some char on it, okay? And then you're going to take one bite and you're going to smack yourself because it's that good, all right? So I understand, I, I like hosting people too, okay? And if, if Jesus was coming to my house, I think I would have that feeling like, man, everything has to be perfect. Bust out the Swiffer. Every corner of the house is getting cleaned, right? Okay, so I understand that. But she is worried about a sandwich. So the question today is, what's your sandwich? 
What, what is dominating your thought life? Right? Because Jesus is in the house and it says that all the details are dominating her thought life. So what is dominating your thought life today? Because the issue is this. Jesus wanted her to understand the moment. There's so many times that we don't understand the moment. We don't read the moment. We don't understand the moment. We don't understand what God's trying to do in the moment. And he wants them to understand the moment. And Jesus wants them to understand something. And this is the thing that Jesus wants them to understand. I'm the meal. I'm the meal. You're concerned about preparing a meal for me, but I'm the meal tonight. Like, everybody's coming to this house not for your cooking. And maybe she was a great cook, okay? Or maybe she cooked like my wife, Jessica, okay? One or the other, okay? I don't know. Ah, ah, I love my wife. But that's why we go to Maggiano's, okay? Jesus, I know, you're like, you're a terrible pastor, Jeff. Listen, Jesus wanted them to get it. He's the meal. He's the substance. He is. So if no food would have been prepared that night, everything would have been just fine because Jesus would have fed their souls. We had, we had Abner here, my friend Abner here, uh, back in uh, December. I think the last person we prayed over, we started service at night at like six o'clock and I think the last person we prayed over was close to midnight or 1230. And it's amazing because in normal circumstances, we would have been like, man, we need to eat. But I tell you what, man, Jesus was just feeding our souls that night because he's a substance. So sometimes in life, life is pressing down in us. It's really heavy. It's really hard. And our thoughts want to lead us to that place where our thought life goes, all right, now's your moment to freak out, right? This is your freak out moment, right? You get into stress, get into anger. I know that's where I go. You know what I mean? Like when I get angry, I make Everybody around me, so uncomfortable, okay? I would just make the room. Yeah, Melissa is nodding her head. She understands. When I get angry, the whole entire room is on edge, intense, uncomfortable. And they're like, who's the big angry man over there? And it's me, okay? So your thought life, your thought life leads you to these places. It leads you to emotional places. It leads you to places like addiction, Right? We run to addictions because we don't know how to control what's happening in our minds. We need to understand this. We got to understand the moment because the moment was there and Jesus was in the room and he knows, he understands. If Martha will do what? Seek him right now. Right? So sometimes, like, life will be on fire. Instead of running to Jesus, we run away from Jesus. And he's telling Martha, if you will just seek me, this is, this is what the Lord says, if you'll seek me, you'll find me. Yeah. I love that Jesus doesn't make it hard to find him. 
He's like, just show up. Just show up. I love, one of my favorite things is when people come to our church and they're new and they just showed up and they don't even really know why they're there, but they just showed up and they came. And at the end of the service, they're like, I just kind of like cried through the entire service. I'm like, yeah, Jesus just met you. Just show up. He's going, he's going, just seek me. If you seek me, you'll what? You'll find me. Like Jesus isn't hiding from you. He's looking for people who have hearts that go, you know what? I'll run after you. And he goes, you'll find me. And what will you find? You will find wisdom. Doesn't wisdom sound good? You'll find creativity. You'll find understanding. You'll find truth. You'll find grace. You'll find help. So he's going, Martha, if you'll seek me, You'll find grace, strength, love, encouragement for the moment. So every moment of your life, the Lord's going, run to me. He's telling her, listen, if you can get your thoughts off of the fire, right? Because we're always so impressed with fires. Okay, I mean, like, like, I don't know what it is. If there's a fire, I'm like a four-year-old. I'm like, oh, fire. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want to... I want to look at the fire. I want to throw things into the fire, watch it explode. I might want to jump over the fire. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, ooh, it's fire, okay? So the enemy knows this also, right? He studies you. Do you get that? Like, he's studying you. So he knows what's going to irritate you, what's going to frustrate you what's going to get under your skin, what's going to get your thought life into a negative place. And so he builds these fires, right? And if he can get you to look at the fire instead of looking at Jesus, because listen, Jesus is bigger than the moment. But in your thought life, you're like, this fire is so big and I don't know how it's going to get fixed. I remember when Jessica and I were in debt. I remember looking at debt, thinking, how? How will we ever get out of debt? Right? It's a real thought. You're just, you're, you're so impressed with the fire. And if you're impressed with the fire, the enemy will always keep you defeated. Always. Let me show you this. 1 Samuel chapter 17, 8 through 11. Okay? Goliath, who's Goliath? This Philistine, this warrior. He's like nine, 10 feet tall, has like a 35 pound sword, massive sword, awesome warrior, okay? So Goliath stood and shouted and taunted across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight me? He called. I am a Philistine champion, okay? Choose one man to come down here and fight. I'm usually pretty down to fight, okay? Right? Don't, don't mess with me, man. Get locked with the horns, you know? That's one of those days I would have been like, tap in, Christian. This is all you, okay? It's all you, bro. Okay? Verse 9 says this. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, we will be your slaves. And then he says this in verse 10. Verse 10. 
I defy the armies of Israel today. He's not defying Israel. He's defying the Lord, right? He's challenging the Lord of the Israelites, okay? Send a man who will fight me, okay? So, so this is happening. But I love what verse 16 says. For 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israelite army. So for 40 days, 40 days, nobody stood up. Why? They're more impressed with them fire. They're looking at the giant and they're thinking, how am I going to overcome this? Right? And that's always where we go. How am I? Everything becomes internal. Everything becomes about you. Everything becomes about your world. And everything becomes very small when you go internal. Right? And you're thinking like, how will I? You know, I'm not a super smart person. I'm not I'm kind of digging on myself, but it's all right. I'm not, you know, well-educated, well-bred but there's one thing about me that I know is this, is that I know faith. And at some point during those 40 days, faith should have rose up in somebody, yeah. right? But the problem is this, okay? Back in verse 11, this is what the king, the king saw. Saul and the Israelites heard this, and it says this. They were terrified and deeply shaken. So the enemy will build moments, build problems, build fires to do what? To get you terrified and deeply shaken. Because if you think that's bigger than the God you serve, he's one. He is completely one. And this is why. I'm, I'm just being real. This is just being 100% real. This is why people can go to church for years and years and years and years and never have any victory ever. They're just church attenders. They never have victory because the enemy just builds these moments and they just think these moments are bigger. So point number two is this. Understand the moment. We got to understand the moment. So in verse 45, David, okay, David, this boy, but this boy, this young man had spent some years out in the wilderness as a shepherd. And as he spent time in the wilderness, what happened out in the wilderness? He spent time with Jesus. He got to know who his God was. Okay, And he comes, verse 45, and he gives this, this speech. And I'm like, Braveheart's got nothing on this right now. You know what I mean? Like, this is, this is the most inspirational speech of all time. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, when I hear this, I'm like, where's a horse? Where's a sword? Give me some war paint. Let's go. You know what I mean? So David replies to the Philistine. 
You come at me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven. He knows who's with him. He understands the moment, okay? And he goes, in the name of Jesus, here I come. To whom you defy. Remember, he had defied the Lord. David's going, that's not good with me. Right? Right? It's okay for you to have a moment like that. Verse 46, he says this. The Lord will conquer you. He didn't say, I'm going to conquer you. He didn't say, I have all the wisdom. He didn't say, I have all the thoughts. He said, the Lord, my God, who I know, who's with me, he will conquer you. And then he says this. This is just so, oh, it's so cool. Just so cool, okay? He says, and then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the wild birds and animals. And he says, I will kill you and cut off your head. You're like, why do you always talk about death at this church? You know what I mean? I'm like, how awesome is that? And then he goes and says this, and the whole world will know that there's a God in Israel. Verse 47, and everyone assembled there knew, and he says this, and everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people. But not with the sword and not with spirit. And he says this. This is the key. I need you to underline this. I need you to highlight this. I need you to remember this. This is the key right here. This is the Lord's battle. This is the Lord's battle. I don't understand how people live through 2020 without Jesus. I, I just don't get it. That's probably why I'm not, I, this is not me being mean. Do not take this as me being mean, but this is probably why they're still in their house. I, I'm not being mean. I understand it. If, listen, if I didn't have Jesus, I would, what else do you have to, to live on? Right? He says, this is the Lord's battle. He understands the moment. And David does a couple of things. Number one is this. He speaks to the giants. Sometimes you are going to have to speak. Right? No, that should have been a, everybody in this room should have been like, amen, Pastor Jeff. But this is why like when we get, we get into prayer circles and it's time to pray, everybody's like, what am I going to do? You got to speak. Listen, you are seated in heavenly places next to Jesus. He has given you his name, the name above all names, King Jesus. He's given you his authority. He said, you will do greater things than I. So sometimes you're going to have to speak to the problem. You're going to have to speak to the fire. You're going to have to speak to the moment. David speaks. You know what else I love is this. Is that David didn't agree with what everybody else was saying. 
right? So for 40 days, right? For 40 days, everybody around them said, there's no hope. What are we going to do? Look at this problem. For 40 days, everybody spoke fear, negativity, doubt, anxiety, stress. And David comes in and he goes, I'm not going to agree with any of you. Right? Remember in this passage, David comes up and he goes, he goes, I'll fight him. And everybody looks at him like, who's the dumb kid? Right? Who's the dummy? I think sometimes we do this in church with people. Somebody tells you what they're standing in faith, and you're like, good luck with that. That's not going to happen. Faith doesn't always agree with what everybody else is saying. This is super important in the day and the time that we live in. Like, you're going to have to walk in faith. And let me just say this to you, it might cost you something. And that's okay. Me and Ryan, can I share that story? Me and you talking about that test you were taking at your job. So Ryan is taking, how do you put it? A, um, how would you say it? Like a social test? A social justice test, okay? Because they want to figure out, does Ryan Ertl have what we want socially to work at our company, right? Now, we all know what we believe here at Elevate Church. We believe that we love everybody. Amen? Amen? Amen. We love everybody, okay? Everybody's welcome at Elevate Church, We don't care who you are. We don't care where you're from. We don't care if you're rich or if you're poor. We don't care the color of your skin, the the background you grew up in. You are welcome here because we are under one name. That name is Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay. So, so Ryan, we're just talking. He's like, he's like, you know, like, I'm just going to have to be honest. But how many of you know that being honest in 21 might cost you something? Right? And that's okay. Like, I know that, like, we all think that we're, like, going through this, like, and we are. We're going through a time in our nation. I, I get that. But, like, I'm sorry. I follow this, this thing called the voice of the martyrs. You know, like, I mean, there's, there's a young man that just got thrown into prison in, in North Korea for just sharing Jesus. And he lives in a blacked out cell day in and day night, every day of his life. It might cost you something, but that's okay. David goes, I don't agree with everybody. I don't agree with what everybody's saying. I agree with heaven. I agree with Jesus. I agree with what he is saying. So David chooses to do something. He goes, he goes, I'm not going to worship fear. I'm not going to worship the problem. I'm not going to worship lack. Amen. 
He is, listen, he is my shout down corner every Sunday. He's like, Pastor Jeff is my dude. He is preaching the word. Second Corinthians chapter two, verse 14. But thanks be to God who always leads up leads us into triumph. Thanks to God. He's going to lead us. He's going to take good care of us. Worship team, you guys come up. We're ending, but we're not. We're going we're gonna to take communion here at the end, and, and it's going to be a great moment with the Lord. Worship team, come on up. Let me give you three weapons for your thought life. Okay, Three weapons for your thought life. Number one is this. It's the Bible. <laughs> Not one amen. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, way to go, Pastor Jeff, real deep. Way to go. Gosh. Luke chapter 10. Verse 39, Mary sat down attentively before the master, absorbing every revelation he shared. Our thought life has to be full of heaven. Our thoughts have to be thoughts that Jesus thinks. It's not your nature to forgive people. Right? It's not your nature to be kind. It's not your nature to love people that you actually despise. It's not your nature. But you know whose nature it is? It's Jesus' nature, and it's all in the Word of God. And you gotta let your mind get renewed to how He thinks. Listen. I understand we all have busy lives, okay? I get it. Like, the other day, um, me and Jess, we didn't know um, that it was actually like, like pillow and pajama day at school. Why do schools do this, okay? All right? And to us, it's no big deal, but to a six-year-old, that's a big deal, okay? And we forgot, and it's like, great, now I have to go up to the school and bring this stuff and it interrupts my day. And I understand we all have busy days. But somehow, the Bible, the Word of God has to become a priority. And I'll be honest, there's like, like, there's just days where I'm like, my day is just crazy from morning to night. But instead of listening to Colin Cowherd again about sports talk radio stuff, I'm just going to turn the Bible on today. I'm just gonna listen to it audibly because I just need it. I gotta get it into me. I gotta get his truth into me. I need to reshape the way I think by the way God thinks because here's the deal. I love podcasts. I love everybody's got an opinion. I mean, like, I just wanna throw up on Instagram right now. It's just like everybody's sponsored and everybody has something to say. And, and I get that and I love that, but I'm, I know that I know that I know that. I know where real truth comes from. It comes from the Word of God. That's where real truth comes from. And if you got more podcasts and people's opinions on the Word of God, 
then you're being led away and you'll drift. It's like, have you ever been in the ocean where you're like close to the shore and all of a sudden like, you're like, oh my gosh, how'd I get so far out here? How'd I get so far away from the shore? It's a slow drift. And that's what will happen if you don't have the Word of God in your life. You'll have this slow drift. The second thing is this. It's worship. Listen, when David spoke to the moment, when David spoke to the giant, he was releasing worship. He was talking about his God. And he could talk about his God because he knew his God. Right? David was in the wilderness. You either talk to sheep or you talk to God. He chose correctly. I'm going to talk to God. See, I think sometimes, oh my gosh, thank you, Jesus. Sometimes you think the wilderness is for nothing. When the world shut down last year this time, I just started spending hours, endless hours with Jesus. I'm like, there's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. The world's on fire. I'm just gonna go spend time with Jesus. And I'll be honest, there was a lot of days where I felt like, this is just, where's this going, Lord? But you know what? I have a strength in 21 that I didn't have before I had that moment. I have a strength in 21 right now because of the time that I spent with the Lord. And because David spent time with the Lord, he knew the Lord, and when he spoke to the giant, he released worship. Listen, the other day, the last thing that my flesh wanted to do was worship. But I got in here on Saturday, I told the Lord, I said, God, I'm not gonna talk to you about one thing that happened this week. I'm here to praise you. I'm here to worship you. That's why it's called the sacrifice of praise. Because you're sacrificing your flesh, your emotions, your desires at the moment to go, Lord, I am putting you and you alone first. 